From the Esquire Lounge in downtown Champaign, it's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. 217-351-5357. Now, live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Good evening once again, everybody, and welcome to Monday Night Sports Talk. Downtown Champaign at the Esquire with you until 6 o'clock. The phone line is open, 356-9397. Matt Daniels is here. As you heard in the intro, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen, say hi to Illini volleyball coach Chris Thomas, who's going to spend 20 or so minutes with us. Welcome, coach. Good to see you. How are you? Good to be here. Doing good. Been Bus- kind of busy, but good. It yeah. is busy. Been kind of an interesting September for you. Yeah, you know, it's, well, for one, we're good to be back in Champaign and uh, being able to play here this weekend. Two tough ones coming up. Started the Big Ten with Nebraska and Iowa, but, uh, you know, we've been on the Road for pretty much the last month, other than the, the second match of the year against Tennessee. Uh, we've been on the road trying to figure ourselves out. And, you know, unfortunately, some of that's been trying to fight through some injury. Uh, and I think, you know, we've, I wouldn't say we settled on the lineup, but we're, you know, we're getting to a place where we're, we're, we're seeing some, some changes that we can make to, to improve. And we've made those improvements over the courses of the week. And usually that's what we look for with every single weekend that we play. The Thomas Fan Club is in the building as well. <laughs> that's right. Hi, kids. And getting close <laughs> to us there. So what are some of the other things you learned through uh, nine matches so far? Well, we, you know, it's, I tried to remind the fans and, and everyone out there, we're still, you know, integrating half a team pretty much. And it's much like 2017 where you're, you've got nine returners we had uh, and we have eight incoming student athletes. So, you know, it takes time uh, to, to try to do that. And then it's one thing to see it in film and it's another thing to then go out there and do it on – uh, you know, when it's match time, when the lights are bright and, and uh, you know, you have that performance uh, that you have to put on. And, uh, you know, we played some really close matches this year. And whether it's, you know, the back-to-back when we first started with Tennessee, where we're in five sets, another five-setter uh, against Washington, you know, a couple four – I don't think well, – maybe against Colorado was, it was 03, unfortunately. But we've battled it through every s- step of the way, and we just want to make sure that we're always in, in contention to, to be – you know, winning sets and, and uh, you know, it's not always pretty, but it's, you know, we, I think we do a good job of adapting and figuring stuff out. And that's what we're seeing right now over the last few weeks here. Uh, as a coach, you never want to deal with injuries, obviously, but how, how much more challenging is it to deal with injuries at the start of the season while you're working in new pieces with yeah, the returnees you have? It's, injuries never fun, as you mentioned, you know, not just for the student athlete, but for the team itself. It's, it's difficult to get in some, in some rhythm and, and to figure the pieces out. And all of a sudden, you got to move one piece to another. And, um, you know, we're, we're, we train. Uh, especially in the spring, this is where maybe the in, the newcomers have a have kind of a piece in this. You know, we train in the spring where everyone kind of rotates around, and we we train all types of positions. But in a short period of time, you know, we have three weeks we practice before we start playing, and then once we start playing, every week seems to get shorter and shorter in terms of what the capacity is to learn. So um, we ju- we do our best just to teach, and and we try to fit the pieces where we can, and 
we would be as competitive as we can be on the court and and uh, you know win or lose we as long as we're improving I'm happy with what what I'm seeing right now so this past weekend over in Indianapolis seems that you maybe have settled on a lineup at least for now but would that change if Beth Prince got healthy and was back available yeah she's she's kind of the lone one out right now that's that's still a little bit injured and uh you know we're we're working her back into full health and once she gets back there we've, we've got to some decisions to make and um you know she was a mainstay for us last year um uh, but she's been doing great of of helping you know the players that haven't played here before to help them understand what illinois volleyball is about and help them with through things that we that she sees from the sideline and help them understand it so i think she's actually been a big key to how we've been doing over these last, you know, handful of matches, where she's helping the bench understand, uh, or helping them understand Illinois volleyball, and she's been doing great, and um, really happy that she's a, a senior leader right now, fifth-year senior leader right now, even though she's not in, on the court. Coach, how do how do these matches help you? Early matches help you later in the year. Yeah, the early matches, you know, we set up the schedule to be tough. I want it to be tough on us. Um, I think any competitive program really wants that. Um, you don't want to take losses. We don't have to. But, uh, you know, you figure out where your weaknesses are pretty quickly. Right. And uh, you're able to kind of shape your rosters and your, and your lineups based on that. So if we're not producing uh, kills in one position or we're, we're deficient in blocks in another, then – we're able to kind of address those as the week goes on and we find out where the best teams are going to attack us and we're, we're able to improve where, we're, where we should be, really. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's not always going to look pretty, but, you know, I'm seeing um, good things along the way here over the last handful of matches. Chris Thomas is with us. Any questions, volleyball questions here at the Esquire? Raise your hand. I'll get a microphone out to you. Oh, Results-wise, it hasn't been what you wanted in the, the first month plus of the season, but it seems... Hey, the rest of the Big Ten is sort of in the same spot. Do you see maybe just nationally that things are a little tighter, maybe a little more parity when it comes to Yeah, I, I, I don't know who I was talking to, but a couple weeks ago, one of you guys, I think it was, but, you know, parity is at all-time high in our sport. And, you know, even with the, with the rankings that just came out, I think Baylor's number two uh, almost vaulted in the number one position. Um, Pitt's number four. They just knocked off Penn State at Penn State in three. Um, then Penn State came back and beat them in five. So you're just seeing competitive volleyball right now, uh, which I think is great for the sport. Um, obviously, we don't want to have that on, on our end, on our record, but, you know, that's a part of the game. And, and uh, there's good coaches out there all over the place. There's good talent all over the place. And uh, we need to do our best just to keep improving as the weeks go on. Okay, I know when you go on road trips, you like to do some bonding and do something fun. What did the girls get together and do fun last weekend to bond and, and sort of learn more about each other? Well, uh, as everyone knows, I think everyone knows, I love tacos. So we found an excellent taco restaurant in uh, Indianapolis, and uh, we, we, we ate there, just had some nice meals. Sometimes it's, it's a planned out thing where we, where we do something. Other times, uh, you know, with the preseason, at first I was um, not, ups not upset that we had as many road matches as we did that's just kind of how the schedule ended up laying out but part of being on the road is being together and you get to bond just on the being on the bus and having those moments where you're you know standing in the parking lot and and that kind of stuff so I'm a little more organic with that stuff um, if something presents itself like you know a taco dinner that that's great for me um, the team likes tacos too so that's great but uh, I, I look at that right now as just over the last three weeks that we've been on the road and having to battle and maybe neutral environments, maybe not so much home environments where there's no one there. We have to create their energy ourselves. Um, I'm looking forward to be back in Huff to have that environment again. 
Um, but I think just the fact of being on the road over the last handful of weeks, really, it helps you bond just because you have those moments with each other. Like you said, Chris, the, the energy will be there for sure on, on Friday night and Saturday night. And I'm sure you and the rest of the team won't need to find any extra motivation with Nebraska uh, Friday night. What's that going to be like facing them again in a, a rematch from last year's Final Four? Yeah, rematch from last year's Final Four. I think both teams are a bit different. Um, they're missing a couple All-Americans, as are we. And, uh, you know, they've, they've played some good volleyball in the preseason. They just dropped one to Stanford. Um, we've had a common opponent in LMU in the last couple of weeks, uh, both, both of us going to four. So I think it's just going to be a good match, and I know our, our players are, are ready for it, and they're, we're ready to be back in Huff in front of, you know, 41-52, plus hopefully some standing room only that the fire marshal doesn't hear, but we're in there somewhere. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I think it'll be a great environment for not only for us, Illinois, but for volleyball in general. So you've got a, a blue out scheduled for Stuff Huff and Nebraska. Is that because orange and red are maybe a little yeah, too Yeah, probably close? not the best colors. Uh, if you're at the football game, it kind of look blended this week. But uh, I think, I, you know, we, we want to try to just get it going from the get-go here. And we get a, you know, we don't control our Big Ten schedule. But to able to have Nebraska as the first match of the year, especially about how it laid out last year and our history with them, uh, it's great to have. So we'll do a blue out on Friday as mentioned, so wear your blue, and then on Saturday against Iowa, it's going to be orange out, so wear your orange, and we'll do some t-shirt promotions with that, and, uh, and to be able to give some fans some, some t-shirts for the, for the rest of the year, for those that, that get them. So. You talked about uh, parity in the Big Ten. A lot of times when you talk about parity, it's at a different level. Everybody's maybe about the same in the middle of the pack or something like that, but when you talk about parity in Big Ten volleyball, it's at the top. Yeah, you still get, you know, I, I don't I check what the rankings were today, but you still have six teams ranked in the top 25, six or seven, and, you know, you have a couple knocking on the door, and you've got, uh, see what happened in the last couple of weeks here. Indiana knocked off Kentucky, and, uh, you know, you've got some other matches that have happened where it's just, you know, again, everyone's good, and one through 14, I think, is the deepest conference where you can't just fall asleep in any, any one given match, and our returners definitely know that, and uh, we'll be ready as, as best we can for those opponents. Volleyball recruiting, you know, always starts young. Uh, I'm sure your daughter might be getting <laughs> recruited now. She's, what, two? <laughs> Uh, it, but you've got two local players on the team this year, Mike Allison, St. Thomas More graduate, Riley Hinton, Champagne Central graduate, and you were around for both of those recruitments with Hinton out of high school and Micah with her transferring from Auburn. Just what, what have those two brought to this team this year? Yeah, they're great. You know, they have a lot of pride for being, you know, local, and they, they, they want to do the best for their Illinois and for their state and, and uh, prove that, you know, we're producing some of the, the good talent out there. And, um, you know, whether local or not, I look more at just the, the whole of the player. And they're both great people, and uh, they work hard. They do everything that we ask of everyone else, and that's what I look at more than just where they're from. Obviously, we like to have local talent. That's great. But we look more for do they fit with w what our culture that we're building here, and uh, I think they both do that in spades. I'm sure that helps with the recruiting budget, too. <laughs> yes, yes. To I don't have to go as far to see <laughs> it, yeah. Nebraska ranked number three. You're ranked number 20 this week. Um, are there still some players there in the, at Nebraska that, besides the regular scouting, that you might know about a, pl a player? Uh, yeah, well, I was there for the 2015-2016. Right. And uh, I think those that still play, I think there's only one or two left that, that still play when I was when I was there. And then uh, all the recruits, though, are ones that I know there. So, yeah, they're, but I haven't trained them, so I couldn't tell anything right. past that. Other than I know how Nebraska trains, they train them well, and uh, we'll be ready for them on Friday. 
when you put the schedule together for the month of September, the fact that you have one home match until now, was that by design? Is that the way you wanted to do it? or No, I, I think I mentioned it. I, you know, I, I, like I, said, I would like to have more home matches, but you know, with the year we had last year, we, we had some people that weren't willing to come to Champaign, and that's okay. And uh, um, you know, like I said, even with the young, with the young team, as I was answering the question over here, it was more. I, I don't mind being on the road because I think they need to learn how to be in those environments as well, and learn how to create their own energy and create their own um, identity when it's not as comfortable. And if you're home, sometimes you get that energy created no, not sometimes all the time you get that energy from the crowd but on the road you got to f kind of figure out how you're going to do it when maybe nobody has your back in the gym and we're about to get vaulted into environments that are not just like huff but you know almost similar in terms of the the going against you so uh i i would like to have had another weekend at home just to get used to playing there but we play there every day too and we're comfortable in that environment so um, yeah, more. Uh, I'd like to have more preseason matches in the future at home, but uh, sometimes the schedule doesn't allow, and sometimes teams don't want to play, and that's just the way it goes. Yeah. So Friday's match against Nebraska is going to be on BTN, if I understand correctly. Correct. And this, yep. I think it seems like more matches are on TV this year than in the past several years. I mean, how much has that just made change, you know, Division One volleyball, just to, at least from a uh, visibility standpoint. Yeah, I think it's great, and it's something we always talk about in our sport. And even when I was at, you know, my stops back where we weren't in the Big Ten and Cal Poly and Riverside, we always talked about how do we increase exposure of the game. Um, and I talked about this match just being great, not only for Illinois, but for the game to show what, you know, high-level volleyball looks like and what high-level crowds look like. Um, you know, you, you want those eyes on you when you're doing that. And I just think it's great, and you're seeing a lot of networks popping up with volleyball or stream live streams and you're able to have those opportunities to be in front of a lot of eyes and uh you know if you don't happen to not be able to make it to a match then we're able to just turn on the computer or the tv and, and watch us there so I, I appreciate the all the opportunities that we have to be on tv this year and live stream and all that good stuff chris thomas with us another five or six minutes any questions here at the esquire raise your hand if you would please have you learned anything about uh your team in this first month or so that has surprised you one way or the other? Um, good question. I, I think, you know, the, the, some of the areas that were strong for us last year, um, it, you know, it took us some time to get back into it, you know, and we had our serving and passing game was really strong last year. And I think, you know, some of that's just the mental side of it where it's dealing with the expectation of returning back and trying to be this elite you know, serving and passing team. But the, the truth is the dynamic changes all the time. And like I mentioned, you know, you have, you have a couple of big pieces leave your team. Um, you know, it just changes the dynamic and how the play goes. And they need time to, to, to be able to, to gel together and have these bonding trips in the road. And to, for us to create awesome bonding environments, like come to the Esquire and watch none. <laughs> no, it, it's, it just takes time. And that's, you know, it's, um, it's, we say it's a marathon, but not a sprint. But, you know, once you get to season, it becomes this sprint. And then you, once we're done with season, it becomes the marathon again. So it just kind of ebbs and flows like that. We just have to do a good job of improving every week. Uh, other than getting home about quarter to one in the morning, I thought the Marquette comeback <laughs> was great. Yeah, that's, you know, that's a, one of those matches like that is uh, great for your, obviously, character building and uh, for coaches like, you know, maybe gray hair building for myself, but uh, no, I, I think 
again, I always believe in my teams and, and how we train and what we're doing. And the time that, the, you know, the, the crowd gets to see it is in those moments during the game. I don't always think we see Illinois volleyball at every single moment of every single game because, again, that unit has to get to being in front of the lights and being in front of, a, uh, you know, pressure from another team and getting used to another system of play, style of play. And, you know, we played nine teams and probably seven different styles and, um, now all those players, all the young players have that underneath their belt, and we're, we're about to see, you know, bigger players in the Big Ten. So it's still going to take those adjustments. But, yeah, those those wins uh, like you have against Marquette where, you know, the first set was close, second set wasn't, and then it's like, all right, well, here we are. What are we, what are we going to be about? And, uh, you know, it's just about consistently staying with our message and making sure that we come together as a team and um, that we're resilient, all that good stuff, and it, and it showed up that night and uh, happy to see it and happy to have it but we keep pushing forward after that josh whiteman isn't here so what do you hear about your new arena you know slice hockey slice volleyball arena. i know i probably know the least of anyone in this room right now I, I hear stories from other people and i don't i don't really press josh on it i'm for me it's one day at a time my three kids disappeared somewhere and a lot of attention with them and jen and <laughs> And, uh, they're they're with your they're with your wife. Don't worry. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna say they're, <laughs> they're, not, they're not just wandering around. <laughs> they're not ordering drinks. They're not just yeah. wandering around at downtown so, Champagne Bar yeah, by themselves. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of say the same thing since uh, from day one, where it's you give give me a, a gym and uh, you know sixteen to eighteen players that want to play volleyball will do good things no matter what arena we play in, and um, you know we're we're happy to be in Huff, and if we have to move, we have to move. But I don't I don't know or nor have a preference of saying whether we move or not so i'm just more like we're what's today give me and tomorrow i got practice at 7 30 a.m so you'll play a match here in the esquire and if you had to uh yeah ceiling might be a little low but we're <laughs> you know if we have to we do it uh you coached jordan poulter last year and uh, michelle barch you didn't give the chance to coach her uh, but those two former Illini who keyed final four runs what are, what's their status right now in terms of the national team, and how likely are we to maybe see them in Tokyo next summer in the Olympics? Yeah, so they're, for those that don't know, they're both playing in a tournament right now in the World Cup or World Championships in Japan, and uh, they're in six matches out of 12, 11 or 12 matches in, and uh, Jordan's been getting ample playing time, as uh, Michelle, Michelle Barch has, and, uh, you know, that talk about a marathon, that's uh, the national team it ends up becoming that because you need to prove yourself in those environments um, against really great players around the world, and both of them are doing great. And you have another alum, um, uh, Aaron Virtue, who's on that staff, and so happy to have them represent Illinois. And uh, there's a, a, a strong chance they make it, but it still takes uh, a little bit of luck, a little bit of health, a lot of bit of health, I should say, and then just making sure that they, they keep impro improving over their professional seasons as well. But they've both had outstanding tournaments over the last um, three or four major tournaments, and it's looked look, – Looks good right now, but it's hard to guarantee that for anyone until they get to next summer. A top 20 battle Friday night at Huff. If you're going to the match, remember to wear blue. Number three, Nebraska against number 20, Illinois. I think your kids are getting hungry. We're going to let you go. Sounds good. Chris <laughs> Thomas, everybody. The All right, Illinois thank you guys. Thanks, coach. Thanks, Chris. We'll take a timeout. We'll be back with more Monday Night Sports Talk here at the Esquire in downtown Champaign. Stay with us. Who is Bob Nutt? I'm Matt Matthews, and I met him 19 months ago when I became one of the pastors at First Presbyterian Church, Champaign. He was one of our regulars. If you knew Bob or the talent agency he formed in the 60s, Blythem Limited, you know that Bob was infamous. He electrified the Champaign-Urbana rock scene in the 1960s and 70s. 
Bob died a year ago, and at his funeral, people told me we needed to do more. We needed to have a concert in his memory. And we are. Join us at the Virginia Theater on Saturday, the 28th of September at 7 o'clock for an evening of music by musicians that Bob and Blythe Limited booked. Reserve seating tickets are $15 and $25. Proceeds go in Bob's name to see you at home and their Nights of Hope, which will offer 176 nights of shelter this winter for our neighbors without an address. For more information, visit thevirginia.org. Ribeye has the best, the greatest steak in town. On your next visit to the Ribeye, ask about the banquet facilities that are available for lunch and evening meals. The Ribeye open Monday through Friday at 4.30, 4 o'clock on Saturday and Sunday. The Ribeye is the best, we're the one, the great one steak place. So, you're a Cubs fan. Well, hold on to your helmet nachos, because Marquee Sports Network is coming with more Cubs than ever. In fact, more is a bit of an understatement. A huge, home runs landing on Waveland-sized understatement. Because Marquee Sports Network will bring you pre-game, post-game, game-game, behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, and on top of the scoreboard. A network as dedicated as you. Marquee Sports Network, the exclusive new television home of Cubs baseball. Coming February 2020. At Cunningham Children's Home, this marks three years since we opened Hope Springs Counseling Services in Southwest Champaign. We offer our counseling expertise directly to youth, adults, and families in the community who are experiencing difficult life situations. Our clinical staff at Hope Springs use best practice models to provide quality help, healing and hope, and have served more than 350 individuals and families. To learn more about Hope Springs, visit CunninghamHome.org. Looking for a cool way to get a new home comfort system without breaking the bank? The Advantage program from Chief Bauer Service Experts gets you a high-quality home comfort system for one low monthly rate. There's no money down, never a charge for repairs, and seasonal tune-ups are free. Right now, get a new home comfort system as low as $99 a month and no additional charges ever. Call Chief Bauer Service Experts today at 866-EXPERTS or visit ChiefBauer.com. For expert service guaranteed, call 866-EXPERTS. See website for license details. You're listening to Monday Night Sports Talk on DWS, live from the Esquire Lounge in downtown Champaign. Catch every game at the Esquire this season from the Illini to the NFL Sunday ticket. And welcome back to Monday Night Sports Talk at the Esquire. Everybody say hello to former Illinois quarterback Wes Lunt, who is with us here for a few minutes. Wes, how are you doing these days? And uh, you're back in town now permanently, right? Yep, back in town now and uh, work for Troxel Insurance. And uh, it's good to be back here. I've been a little bit all over these past few years, but uh, finally back. So it's good to be back. Where have you been in the last few years? So I was with the Vikings for a little bit, then doing the free agent thing for, you know, a good six months and then took a job and moved up to Minnesota for about a year and a half and got transferred back here. So... Speaking of Minnesota, Wes is going to be working on the uh, radio network for the Minnesota game coming up not this Saturday, but next. Game time has been announced on that. 2.30 will be the uh, kickoff or thereabouts against the uh, Golden Gophers, but Illinois has the open week this week. You watched a little bit of the game, some of the game from our radio booth the other night. What did you think? It was a pretty good, entertaining football game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a very entertaining football game. Uh, you know, frustrating, obviously, uh, to be up the whole game and then just kind of let Nebraska hang around, hang around. And, you know, uh, Martinez made some great plays in the second half. 
Um, but we had every opportunity to win that game. It was frustrating, but I think there's a lot of positives from it. Um, you know, I think offensively, the, if we just keep rushing the ball, we you know, and create turnovers, good things are going to happen. Uh, just got to finish the game. I know when you guys beat Nebraska in 2015, you know, you threw Jadron Miles in probably 17 straight times, and you finally caught the ball for the touchdown. When you're in that moment, I know you're just focused on you know the next game of the season. But now you've had four years to kind of reflect on what that moment meant. What, what's that been like? Oh, it's a great moment. I think it's a moment that I'll I'll never forget. Just the whole circumstance. It was kind of a day where the defense just kept us in it. Uh, we got the offense kind of got in a rhythm, uh, you know, in the fourth quarter and. Uh, still don't know to this day what that quarterback was doing throwing the ball, uh, <laughs> but gave us a chance. And we had about 40 seconds left and threw a bomb to Malik and made a great catch. And then there was no doubt we are going to GMO to, to finish it. Well, what's it been like to see Malik Turner undrafted, now with the Seahawks, playing a vital role for them. Jerron Wileson, another undrafted wide receiver you played with, now with the Packers in his fourth season, I think, in Green Bay. What's it like seeing those guys, uh, you know, make an impression in the NFL? Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. Um, Malik, I think, is probably the most special for me just because he's from my area. Uh, we're both from the Springfield area. Um, Geronimo, though, being the number two for the Packers right now, and, you know, the first day or a few weeks ago, saw Teddy Karras taking snaps from Tom Brady. So that, <laughs> he, he, had a, he has a little bit of an upgrade for me. So um, pretty, pretty awesome to see it. And, and not surprised, just a bunch of guys that work really hard. Um, in the NFL, you know, things got, have to go right for you. Uh, and they've gone right for them, and I just pray that they continue to go right because they're great guys and well-deserving. Oh, oh, me, I'm sorry. Uh, what do you think about Brandon Peters so far? What do you think? What do you see? What do you think? I think he's done a really good job. I think Rod Smith has done a great job of adjusting. Obviously, um, his background is more of a dual threat. Right. Um, but I think he's done a really good job. Peters is, I think, what I'm most impressed with is he just gives receivers a chance to catch the ball. Um, you know, the, the touchdown in the first half. Uh, to that receiver, I can never pr pronounce his name. Josh, uh, Josh. Tour, baby. Yeah, yeah. Him. You've got two weeks to prep. Yeah, I know. I got it. I'm just gonna say number nine. <laughs> um, just call so. him. Just call him baby. Yeah, baby is perfect. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Peters, I think he's done a really good job statistically. He's done well. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, he he'd probably want some throws back from the other night, but who doesn't? You know, when you play that right. position. But I think he's done a great job. Elmo's got a couple running backs, and Reggie Corbin, Dre Brown, they were freshmen yeah, in 2015 when, when you were there. Now they're, you know, now they're just, the old guys. Yeah, I mean, Reggie <laughs> just hit 2,000 career rushing yards. It was like me to see those two maybe still you know, kind of leading the charge for that offense. Yeah, it's great. I feel like Dre Brown has been there for like 10 years. He was, <laughs> I don't know, is he a sixth year or fifth year? Sixth year. Sixth, sixth year. year. Yeah. Uh, he was my roommate in college. So, and to see him, what he's doing on kickoff returns, I think it's been really, really impressive. Um, and he's, he's made some, some great plays at an awesome touchdown the other day. And then Reggie, um, you know, just going back when I was with him, he wanted to transfer, I remember. Right. Um, and, you know, thank God he didn't because he's been a spark for the offense. And um, I think he has every ability to get 3,000 yards this year. I know when you played, and, and we ask you this all the time too, just you, basically, you played for four head coaches in your college career, Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State before he had the mullet, and then Tim Beckman, Bill Cubitt, now Lovey Smith. How has that, all the adversity, the changes, how has that helped you once you left Illinois? Yeah, I think it's it's been a lot of adversity. Four head coaches, five offensive coordinators, three ADs. Um, so there's – I was doing the math the other day with uh, my parents and I somehow started talking about it. But, yeah, it's um, just adjusting. I mean, especially being a quarterback, too, and just 
and football. It's such a long game. There's so many things that are going to happen that are out of your control. Um, and just to be able to take that to the real world, you know, life's going to throw you curveballs and you got to adjust. Since Matt mentioned him, what do you think about Mike Gundy's uh, signature <laughs> hairstyle now? It's it's awesome. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know how you don't get it. I mean, he's, he's got the mullet and it's working for him and they continue to win games. It's been, uh, it's been 12 years since he had the I'm 40, I'm a man press conference. Did he ever bring that up during your time at Oklahoma State? That was never brought up. I think that was the number one question after, like, <laughs> oh, how was your trip to Oklahoma State? Did he bring up the I'm the man, I'm 40? I'm like, nah, I didn't. <laughs> when uh, you, Wes, when you watch a football game, do you, as a former quarterback, is that where you focus? Most people do because that's where the, the game begins or the play begins. But do you find yourself focusing more on that position than any other? Yeah, I probably watch – games a little bit differently because I kind of watch it like I'm prepping for a game film. You know, I'm watching the safeties, the linebackers, and just how the defense is reacting to the play. Um, and what I've also learned from sitting up there in the press box is everyone looks wide open. So <laughs> I, could, I could see why people get frustrated. Like, he's wide open. I'm like, didn't look that way on the field. But you see it from the stands like, wow. But, yeah, so I watch it a little bit differently. So. You're a notorious weightlifter, right? You're you're the strong man amongst quarterbacks when you're playing, correct? Or not? Yeah, I mean, I like to to work out. Okay. Yeah. What do you think of the Smith Center? Have you been in there yet or not? I haven't been in there yet. Uh, I was going to go last Friday, uh, but just had a work conflict. I couldn't go. I think it's super overdue. Um, okay. Just because if you're going to compete with recruiting, I know that's was attraction when I went to Oklahoma State. Sure. Boone Pickens put. $180 million into the stadium. Um, and, you know, you're going to have to get that to get some recruits. It's an investment, um, but overdue, and it's it looks amazing. First off, Wes, I don't feel this would be an interview between you and I if I didn't ask how your health was, because I think I ask you that pretty much every week yeah. during your time at Illinois. But how is your health? And uh, what take me through the process, I guess, after you got signed by the Vikings and then going through the whole free agent process right after you got done playing here at Illinois. Yep, health is great. No one's tackling me at work, so it's, it's really nice. Um, yeah, that whole process with the free agent was kind of crazy, um, but I feel like that's kind of how my career was. It's just a lot of things that were just, just kind of crazy. So got signed with the Vikings, was there for OTAs and then training camp, um, you know, was let go and then asked to – to come back, um, but my back was just shot at that point. Um, so I gave it a few months. Could have played, could have went back and played, but was like, hey, I can barely get out of bed. I threw it, I threw it out, just working out. Um, and so had about a six month stint there where I was gonna, you know, still try to be a free agent. The Buffalo Bills called, uh, was gonna sign with them. Another back spasm or whatever it was. So again, I was that was kind of God's way of like, hey, you should probably just move on so uh amazing experience those guys in the NFL are unbelievable I don't think you know the naked eye everyone just looks big and fast but to be able to just be in a training camp and um to relate to those guys I mean there's you know you're in the huddle with a 36 year old who's got four kids and you're just out of college you know so it's just it's just a crazy environment but um happy for all the the former Illini still doing it you're you're engaged how's the wedding plans going as far as I know, great. It's it's been a lot of yes, honey. That sounds amazing. So um, keep doing that. Yeah, that's kind of the theme. So we're talking to Wes Love. We're going to take a break. If you have any questions here at the Esquire? Let me know. We'll get a microphone around to you. The phone line is open as well. 
356-9397 is the number. We'll take a time out and be back with more on Monday Night Sports Talk at the Esquire in just a moment. Fox Tonight, the series premiere of Prodigal Son, the show critics call gleefully twisted. Dad's a serial killer. I became a profiler and hunted down people like him. There's so much more I can teach you about murder. Save it. The series premiere of Prodigal Son, but first, 911 will hit you like a tsunami. Get off the pier! Go, go! The season premiere of 911, followed by the series premiere of Prodigal Son. Tonight at 7 on Fox Illinois. I'm Doug Quick. And I'm Brianna Collins. You don't have to stay up late to get your local news. Get to bed early with Fox Champagne News at 9, bringing you the local news coverage you can trust and East Central Illinois' weather forecast you can rely on. And did we mention you can get to bed early? Whether it's breaking news or the latest forecast, you can count on Fox Illinois to bring you what you need without keeping you up late. That's tonight on Fox Champagne News at 9. Grainberry, Grainberry, healthy cereal for your family. My name is Peter Harris, and I own a brand of cereal called Grainberry with amazing onyx sorghum. The world does not need another cereal unless it truly has something new and important to offer. I believe that Grainberry cereals can really make a difference in your life. I'm not a radio announcer. I just want to help you and your family live healthier, and I know Grainberry cereals can do that. Here's what makes Grainberry whole grain cereals so amazing. One, Grainberry Onyx Sorghum contains more antioxidants to help protect you from all known free radical threats to your body. Two, Grainberry slows down sugar absorption and the digestion process. And three, Grainberry contains less sugar than most cereals and tastes great. There's just no cereal like Grainberry. Look for Grainberry cereal at County Market, where they care about your health. Grainberry. On Saturday, September 28th, the Walk to Defeat ALS will take place at Dodds Park in Champaign. The Walk to Defeat ALS honors those living with ALS, their caregivers, and family while remembering those who have left us too soon. The Walk to Defeat ALS is the largest source of revenue for the ALS Association, which provides programs and services at no cost to patients living with ALS. Everyone can become a part of the fight by joining the Walk to Defeat ALS. For more information, visit ALSA.org forward slash champagne walk improve your home and replace your front entry door with bacon and van buskirk explore top door brands in our showroom and receive personal service from our experts discover your new front entry door at bacon and van buskirk where you'll find top brands and expert advice at the right price Every day, Comcast Business is helping businesses big and small go beyond the expected to do the extraordinary. Because beyond a simple transaction, there is making a customer for life. Comcast Business. Beyond fast. Take your business beyond at ComcastBusiness.com. It's Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 with the News Gazette Media Sports Writers. Live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign. Try their famous burgers or specialty pizzas while you watch the game. 546 on Monday Night Sports Talk at the Esquire in Champaign. Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen, Ed Bond, yours truly Steve Kelly with you another 15 minutes or so or a little less than that, about 12 minutes. Wes Lunt, former Illinois quarterback, is with us. As we watched the game the other night, we talked about how effectively Illinois was running the ball and how Nebraska was trying to help by uh, fumbling four times. But did you feel like Kirk Kittner felt uh, on the broadcast going through the game that at some point 
Illinois needs to establish some kind of passing attack, and it really didn't happen. Yeah, they, for sure. I mean, um, you know, just watching that game, I, you, you see the success. He throws a touchdown to Bebe, um, and we just really never went back to it. Uh, just to establish a threat. I mean, they were playing a lot of man-to-man, challenging us outside, and we got Ricky Smalling and Bebe. I mean, we got plenty of receivers to make, you know, make a play, um, and was just a little bit surprised by that. You're doing the broadcasting for this game, obviously, of the Minnesota game. Is this something you'd like to dabble in or do maybe more as you go on? Uh, I know you're, you got your own day job, but, but that'd be something to be interested in. Yeah, I mean, I'm open for anything. I'm just kind of go with the flow type of guy. So sure. this opportunity came to me, and I'm like, this is an amazing opportunity. It's a, I think it's more of a privilege that they're asking me to do this. And, um, you know, I'm going to be watching Illinois for the rest of my life. So to be able to be involved is pretty awesome. Martin O'Donnell and his wife Emily had their uh, third child last week, so Martin's taking a little time off. But uh, Sean Edward O'Donnell is the new member of the team, and everybody's doing well. Is he, in the offensive line? Is he an offensive lineman yet, Steve? Not yet. Not yet? Okay. I know I'm not going to get a good answer to this, but... You with, might. He's not playing anymore. Well, I so. understand <laughs> that, but with 24 seconds left and two timeouts, we're on our own 40 or 45... He lets the clock run out. We could have maybe gotten in position for We got a great field goal kicker, and he lets the clock run out. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I think up in the booth we were watching that. There was, I think it was about a minute 26 when we took the field. Uh, had two timeouts, and uh, we were up by a touchdown or two touchdowns. I think it was 21-14. Right. Two? Okay. Um, so, yeah, I was a little surprised. Uh, the way – that we would approach to a minute is usually we'd run the ball depending on the type of the game and if we were down by a lot. And if we popped one and got a first down, we'd like, hey, let's let's take a shot here. And, um, you know, with McCourt hitting a 57-yarder, we got a great special team. So, again, I, I was kind of feeling the same way. You mentioned that you, the way you watch games is maybe looking at the defenses because that's what you needed to know as a quarterback. When you looked at how Adrian Martinez sort of – picked apart the Illinois defense in the second half. What, what did you feel was maybe was missing for the Illini and trying to slow him down a little bit? Well, you know, it's tough when they have 700 yards of total offense and it's very balanced. So, um, you know, Illinois is going to run cover two. Uh, there's going to be openings down the middle. And, you know, he hit a few of them. Um, but, I mean, you, got, you just got to get off the field, and that, that could be some of the offense too. The defense was on the field a long time the whole game. I thought Blake Hayes did a great job of flipping the field a few times, but um, you know, offense has to establish something to just get the get the defense off the field. What's the dynamic like between maybe the the captains on the team this year, the veterans on the team this year, in terms of these next you know ten to twelve days to kind of get the guys' mind right and and everything kind of focus back in uh, on Minnesota on October fifth? Yeah, I mean, there's so much there's so much left. You know, I know you lose to Eastern Michigan and you think the world's ending and. Um, you know, we've been there a lot. We lost to Western Michigan, same type of thing. Um, and I think this bye week has come in a really vital moment. Uh, to, I mean, I felt like there was a lot of injured players as well, a lot of guys that got helped off the field that night. So just get healthy and then get the mindset. I mean, I, I truly believe we could easily make a bowl game. Just I think it's wide open. You know, I think Wisconsin looks pretty dominant. But other than that, I think the Big Ten West looks pretty wide open. Do you like the idea of a road trip? When your team's coming off a tough loss, got a week off, you like the idea of kind of getting back together that way. And I've seen other Illinois teams really kind of rally in that situation. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. I, again, it depends where you're playing. Uh, right. So, 
you're playing at Michigan and there's 110,000 people, that's a little bit tougher than Minnesota. Sure. So that atmosphere. So, um, you know, they're going to have a great bye week. They're going to come together as a team, get some time off, maybe go home for a few days uh, and get get back and ready for Minnesota. Your thoughts on PGA Fleck? What do you think about him? Bob does not like him. I don't, but I'm not <laughs> going to – I don't want to jade him on that. He's a character. That's all I'm – you know, I mean, when you wear spikes on the field. Right, that's a lot. The real – the main thing I, I, I took away from when we played him is the dead sprinting between quarters. <laughs> I mean, that dude was flying between okay. quarters. Yeah, He's an interesting guy. Now that you're almost 10 years removed from the recruiting process, I don't want to make you feel old or anything. Is there one moment or story or anything that just really stands out that you kind of look back on and just chuckle? Man, that's a good question. That's tough. There's so much that happened during that that time. I think maybe the one that makes me just laugh uh, is we were at Vanderbilt for 7-on-7, and James Franklin, who's now the Penn State head coach, uh, they were recruiting me pretty hard, and, you know, we had a a great day, and uh, I'll never forget he – runs over to our sideline and goes, where's mama? Where's mama Lunt? And just goes over and gives her a big hug and like takes her in his office with my dad and they just talk. So it was just, it was just kind of crazy that, um, I mean, there's, they almost bypassed me and just to go to my parents to try to win them over. Smart. So headed back to Minneapolis in a couple of weeks, you know, is there some place, you know, favorite restaurant you want to hit since you're going to be back in town or any, anything you, you want to make sure you see when you're there? Oh, I'm all business. I'm going up there for a road <laughs> game. We're going up there to get a win. So, yeah, eating that's at the hotel with the team. That's uh, that, that's five years of college media training right yeah, there. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Just focused on this one game. Yeah. One game at a time. Kirk Kidner did the ball game with uh, Brian Barnhart uh, this past weekend. And my halftime guest, in addition to Kirk, was Brandon Lloyd, wide receiver. And they had some good stories. You can appreciate this. I, I was talking about how I remember Brandon Lloyd as the guy that would go up in a crowd and come down with a ball. And Kurt said, you know what? I was throwing some of those balls away. <laughs> <laughs> and he went up and caught him. He, and Kurt said, I never admitted that. I said, well, the whole state of Illinois has, knows it now. You just did. But I don't know if you remember watching Brandon Lloyd play. Maybe he's a little before your time. But he, he's one of the great receivers. Oh, had a great NFL career, great Illinois career, obviously. And um, it was cool to see him. I'd never met Kurt Kittner. Uh, I remember growing up watching him, and um, so it was just cool to meet them both, and um, they really left Illinois on a good foot, and uh, it was nice to meet them. Bob, anything in the Big Ten this past weekend surprise you? Maybe the Wisconsin Oh, that definitely surprised me, yeah, because I thought that would be a close game. I actually picked Michigan to win like an idiot. But I think, <laughs> I think that Wisconsin is clearly good, really good. So I was a year ahead of the curve. So I did number one last year. I should have done this year. I was, well, I was just off my year. That's the story of my life. So that's, that's your story then. That's correct. I, I was thinking ahead. I knew they were going to be really good. Actually, the way they play now, the way that running back is so good. And the way they line up those, all those offensive tackles in the backfield, that's awesome. And I don't think anybody can stop them. Well, they didn't. Uh, they didn't try any tricks. They just ran no. right at him. Here, here, yeah, here. I'm coming right now, right here. I'm gonna knock you over because my huge guys are gonna kill you. And it's like how great that that is. And that's that actually is football in its purest form, my mind. It's interesting, Wes, that there are some things, some teams, not only in the Big Ten but nationally, you know what they're going to do. They're not going to vary from it much, but it's still tough to deal with. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's Wisconsin. That's how they've always been. I think I was more surprised with Michigan than I was at Wisconsin because right. I knew defensively they haven't hadn't let up a point all year. I knew they were good defensively. They're always very sound uh, and can run the ball. Jonathan Taylor's an unbelievable back, just a specimen out there. Um, but Michigan, I just was surprised with them defensively. Don Brown does a great job with his schemes and getting aggressive, and I just – I uh, was a little surprised by that, but that's good that we got them coming up. What was the nastiest play f- place for you to play in the Big Ten? Place where the fans were just mean, probably knew your name, and just uh, said some bad things about your parents. Yeah, Ohio State, no question. Oh, really, Ohio State? <laughs> it's not even close. Okay, really? Yeah, they were they were just mean. I mean, you could ask my parents. They were mean to my parents because my parents are wearing jerseys. Sure, and, lunch, right. Yeah, and there's some things that rhyme with that last name. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So. Ooh, Awesome. <laughs> Well, I mean, not awesome. That's mean, but well, yeah, thanks. That's awesome. What the heck? I don't mean that. I mean, it's <laughs> no. kind of impressive. They're very clever in Ohio. Yeah, they are. I guess. <laughs> Sorry, that was the wrong thing to say. As I, don't, you, I, don't as know, I don't know how we segue from the Steve. You're the the radio pro here. <laughs> Go ahead. Help me out here. Where else did you like? <laughs> right, no, like you give me another place. <laughs> oh man, t- my favorite place to play, I thought, was Nebraska. Yeah, that was an amazing atmosphere. Um, How close were you to playing in 2014? Say that again. When Riley, Riley O'Toole started that oh, night game at um, Nebraska. If you yeah. were in the press box for that game, that was the that night everyone was trying to find out if you were going to play yeah. at quarterback. Well, that was kind of one of those things. Uh, was it Texas State? What did we play before? Texas that? State. Texas yeah. State. yeah, my left leg, it was for sure fractured at the time. Um, so I knew they kind of thought it was a bone bruise, but – it wasn't. Um, so and then I, we played Purdue the next week, and but my first hit, I knew I just was going to try to get through the game. But you, but you still like playing in Nebraska. Yeah, well, we played there my senior year. Yeah, exactly. my senior year we yeah. played there, and that was an amazing atmosphere. We had a chance. We were up in the fourth quarter, had a chance to win it. But yeah. um, just a real, they just do it the right right way. You get a chance to watch much Big Ten football. Yeah, yeah, I try to watch as much as I can. Um, that's a conference I'm going to gravitate to. I don't know why. Just in the fall, with the wet, when the weather starts to change, the Big Ten just just feels right. Hey, Wes, we're just about out of time. Appreciate you coming by to visit with us. We look forward to working with you in a couple of weeks. Yep. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, thanks Wes. That's Wes Lund, everybody. And thanks to Chris Thomas as well for joining us. We're working on uh, something for uh, next week that involves Illinois basketball. So stay tuned. We'll give you details of that when we get it worked out. On Monday Night Sports Talk, WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Thanks to Tamara McDaniel back in the uh, studio for helping us uh, produce the show. Ed Bond here on site. Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen. I'm Steve Kelly. Have a good night, everybody, and thanks for joining us.